Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Amen. You all can be seated. Amen. Amen. So, oh my gosh, it has been so great. This is the best youth camp. Um, and it's been so great already. Just all the speakers, the ministry time, the worship um, from the beginning to the end, everything about this camp has been done in excellence. Um, and so it's so great uh, that Miss Madeline talked on miracles because God led me along the same stream. Um, but I'll be talking about moving forward in your miracle with your authority. Amen. Because it's going to take your authority to receive and stand in your miracle. Amen. Because, you know, God has talked about through many of his men and women um, before us that there's a mighty move of God that's on. But it's, you know, and God has miracles set in his church and it's for us. It's for this time. It's for this age. Every generation has a miracle set in it. Every single one of you has your own miracles that God wants to work and do in your life. But you're going to have to use your authority to walk in it. Amen. And I'm not just talking about um, against the devil because the devil's already defeated. But you have to use your authority to keep him in his defeated state, in his defeated place. So we're, you know, and I want to talk about fighting too because, you know, we're not fighting the devil. He's already defeated. But what we're fighting is a good fight of faith to stay in faith during our miracle, to stay in faith after the miracle, that we are to live a life of faith. And Pastor Jordan, that was an awesome message last night because you can't have miracles without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to walk in the miracles that God has set up for this generation. Amen? And so go ahead. We can pull up uh, Psalm 77 verse 14. Um, And I just want to let you all know that I'm going to read this. Dr. Jacobs has taught on miracles before. And the definition of a miracle for those that are like, what's a miracle? Is a supernatural intervention and the ordinary course of nature. So God does not want any of our lives in here to look ordinary. That we are a generation called for miracles. And so we're a generation called that should not look ordinary. You know, many of the speakers have already touched on we're not to flow and blend in with the world. We are to be different. We are to be set apart because we have a God like no other God. And so if we have a God like no other God, we should be people like no other people because our God sets us apart from everybody in the world. Amen. So Psalm 77 verse 14, it says, you are the God who performs miracles you display your power among the peoples. Amen. And you can just write this down, Mark 10, 27. It talks about how he set miracles within the church, in the church. If you're the church, say amen. Amen. He set miracles within the church. So God has a heart to do miracles for his people and through his people. Amen. And so we should not be living a life just to, or a Christian life, just a basic life. Our life should stand out. It should be different. There should be things that we can do that others cannot do. And, you know, one of the words, uh, the definition of the word miracles means to set apart by an event. And so God wants to set us apart by events in our lives, that these events don't take place just in anybody's life because they do not have a God like our God. Amen. And so let's look at Psalm 77, verse 19. Psalm 77, verse 19. Amen. And it says, your steps formed a highway through the seas with footprints on a pathway no one even knew was there. You led your people forward by your loving hand and blessed by the leadership of Moses and Aaron. 
And so right here we can see God wants to do things. Miracles are not something natural. They're not something ordinary. And so God wants to do things that we didn't even see in the natural eye that were there. He wants to move things. He wants to shift things and change things. But he needs our agreement and our authority to walk that out. Amen. That God right now is even working. Even while you're at camp, God can do miracles in your homes. But it's by faith. You have to believe that you know your God. And you have to know, you know, because um, Pastor Jordan talked about we're not those. He read the scripture, we're not those. When you know what God is not and when you know what you are not, you know what you are and what kind of God he is. So God is not an ordinary God. And we are not ordinary people. And this is not an ordinary moment. This is not an ordinary camp. This is a camp made to move forward in faith and into the miracles of God. So we should not sit here and, you know, want to go back ordinary, you know, because I know a lot of you, how many of y'all are homesick? <laughs> y'all can raise your hands. I know I'm in the dorm with some of y'all. It's more, it's more. Some of you guys are homesick, okay? But we don't want you all to go home the same. You know, you're, you kind of, you're missing your ordinary pattern of life, but that's not what this camp is for, for you to go back to your ordinary life with your ordinary family, Okay. This camp is for you to go back home extraordinary with signs, with wonders, with miracles. And God's already started to work things on the inside of every single one of you just by being exposed to the anointings here. And so once again, when we go back home, we should have an expectation that, God, you want to do more than what I've been seeing. You want to do more than what I've been experiencing. You want to do more in my family. That we should not settle for the ordinary. Should not settle for the And you know... We should know by reading the word, you know what to expect, you know, because when I'm talking about miracles, we're not talking about like superhero movies and just random stuff. Um, God's already ordained and written out our testimonies. He's already written out what we're to expect. So we read the word to know what, what kind of miracles, what God wants to do, because I remember um, just talking about, you know, boring, you know, things or whatever, because um, I went to a, um, my 10th grade year. I transferred to a public school, and I remember the first day there was like a riot. It was really, it was really crazy. I was in culture shock because I'm like, what is going on here? I've never seen anything like this. But I remember like they started getting more strict and putting things on lock and more organized. And then the students started complaining like, this is boring. Like, I want to go to school where there's action. But they were talking about bad action. They were talking about bad things, okay? But we should feel the same way in the supernatural we should not settle and be content in the ordinary. We should want to experience more action in the supernatural. Amen. And once again, I'm not just talking about making stuff up, but read your word and you see what God wants to do. You read your word, you see what kind of miracles, what kind of move of God he wants to do in this day and age. And so we should not settle and be okay with the ordinary or with the outcome and the same report as the world. We should have a different report. Amen. And so let's look at Psalms 105, verse 5. Psalms 105, verse 5. Okay. It says, remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgment of his mouth. And so that first part, because the children of Israel had that problem um, with knowing what God has already done, that and it wasn't the fact, because you can't, if you get caught up in, you know, what God has done. Sometimes you can think like he, it has to be done the same way. 
And that's not the case. He didn't want them remembering it so they would think this is how he's going to move every single time. God it has a various works of miracles. He can move in any kind of way beyond what we can think. But he wanted them to remember what he has done so they would keep in the faith. So that they would stay in the faith and remember, my God didn't abandon me that time. So why would he abandon me now? My God has not ever abandoned us, his children, for thousands of generations. So why in this generation, 2021, do we think our God got boring or ordinary? <laughs> he, he's the same God. And it's the same power that's still working today that's been working in the Bible. It's the same power that's been working for thousands of generations that's working right now, wanting to move in our behalf. The Bible tells us there's a power working towards us, and there's a power working in you, and that power is to do something. It's not just for us to live an ordinary life. It's for us to move into things. It's for us to experience his glory, his presence, his love. You know, love does something. We've been singing about his love, and his love, once again, is not ordinary. It's a love that's meant to do something. Love has actions. Love has words, and his love wants to perform miracles amongst us. So we have to step up in knowing what kind of God we serve. Because when we know what kind of God we serve, then we know what kind of people we are. And we are not ordinary people. Amen? We have a God that has eyes to see, and he has ears to hear, and his hand is not too short to touch down into our lives, into our families, into our households. He's a God that wants to move and live among us. He does not want to live separate from us. He wants to live among us and dwell among us and walk with us in the earth. But we have to stand in faith and believe that my God is with me. He never forsakes me. He never backs out on me. Amen. From the beginning of time, you can see in Genesis, that was his plan to walk with us in the earth, to move with us in the earth. He didn't put us in the earth to be separate from him. He didn't put us in the earth at, you know, as a jail sentence time and then we got to wait to heaven No, we're in the earth to enjoy the love of God. We're in the earth to enjoy and receive the manifestations of his power. And so we have to keep the faith in what God wants to do in this generation because he's not done. (laughs) He's not done. He's not done moving. He's not done working. He's not done in your life, you know, because sometimes we can think, you know, and also with miracles, sometimes we can experience one and just hold on to that like there's not more. There is more. We are to remember our miracles to keep moving forward. We're to remember our miracles to know that he is the same God. He said he doesn't change. There's no shadow in his personality. He's not bipolar. He's the same God. And so God wants to keep moving in this generation, in this time, in this age. You believe it? You receive it? Say amen. Amen. Okay, so let's look at, I'm going to break that scripture down because in the NIV, That last part, it says, and the judgment of his mouth, because this is important, because once again, miracles are not random. God has already ordained miracles. He's already set them in the church. And, you know, if you have that mindset that they're random, then you'll miss out and you'll think if it's random, it could change. It might not happen. It might. No, they've already been decreed and spoken. And so right here, that last part, it says the judgment of his mouth. That in the NIV part says to hold to your heart every judgment he's decreed. And that word judgment means the act of deciding a case, a plan. So hold to your heart the plan. There is a plan for this generation. Each generation has a plan. 
You know, and the children of Israel, with the different kings, God had a decree, a judgment for what they were to accomplish and fulfill in their reigning and ruling. But how many of you guys know that we are all kings? We've all been called to reign. So every one of you has a decree assigned to your life. You have a judgment. I'm not talking about judgment, damn. I'm talking about a judgment of what you're to do right now on this earth. And it's already been decreed. And, you know, looking back at the children of Israel, because um, it was really cool to see that God was strategic about leaving some stuff for the next generation. Because a part of using your authority, you have to get rid of what doesn't belong. And so every king had an assignment of what they were to get rid of to keep moving forward. And, you know, one king, you know, I'm just talking paraphrasing, you know, one king got rid of stuff, but the Bible talked about how God left miracles. He still left miracles and, uh, you know, things for assignments for their authority for the next generation. So just because those before us have done great things, it does not mean you're done. (laughs) You're not done. There's something for this generation. There's some assignment we have to use our authority in. And I'm reminded of King Josiah because King Josiah was really cool. Um, Through the different kings before him, they started to lose their covenant, their agreement with God. And so it came to King Josiah. He sent his, um, like his servant to the temple to do something, like to tell them like something financial. Um, and the king went, I mean, the servant went in there and saw that there was a scroll in the temple. And so he brought it back to the king and he gave him the scroll. The scroll ended up being the covenant between God and the people, but it was lost. It was forgotten. So King Josiah started to read it and he realized, oh my gosh, we have not been doing our part. And that means there's destruction because he read also the, the ending clause. If you don't, you know, if you're not walking in your authority, you're not doing this um, and standing your ground, this is going to happen. And so he read it and it said he tore his clothes, you know, in a remorseful, repentance way. And so after he read it, it said he gathered all the people, the leaders, the priests, everybody, because what was going on in their time and age and is going on now, that they allowed different gods in the practices and the traditions of the world in their temples. They were serving different gods in the same temple (laughs) that was meant for God. And so it said he gathered all the people and it said he stood in his a place of authority by a pillar when you read it in the NIV. He took his place of authority. Once again, a king has authority. There's things that you're supposed to be decreeing. There's things that you're supposed to be binding and loosing for your miracles. And so he, it said he stood by the pillar and he stood up in front of them and told them, we no longer will put up with this. We no longer will serve this God. This is to be torn down today. This is to be torn down here. And he started decreeing what was to be torn down throughout the city. And so the same thing now, God is a God of miracles, but we still have to use our authority of what does not belong in our miracle. In the church, what does not belong? Or even in you, they talked about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness does not belong in you for your miracle. You have to get that out. So it talked about he went down tearing down the Asher poles. He went around tearing down the different statues that were submitted to other gods. So we have to realize what in me, you know, what's in me that is really for something else? You know, what's in me that I'm using for other things or what's in me that has nothing to do with God? Those things have to go and be torn down. And so the same thing in our generation, in our church, unforgiveness does not belong in the church. Sexual sins do not belong in the church. 
Homosexuality does not belong in the church. Pornography does not belong in the temple of the Most High God. It doesn't belong there. So you have to tear it down. Use your authority to tear down what does not belong. Because a lot of times, and I've been there before, you can get in the deliverance lines and there's an anointing. I thank God for Dr. Jacobs. He's cast a lot of things off of me. But when you go home, you have to stand in your authority. When you go home after camp, you have to stand in your authority. Because once again, they've warned you, thoughts will try to come back, but you have to use your voice. The faith of our new covenant is a speaking faith. It's a speaking faith. So you have to speak in your miracle. You know, we're going to read the children of Israel. He told them, because they, they had the wrong words in their mouth. He told them to be quiet and be, you know, be quiet and move. And he said, your God will fight for you. But just because God's fighting for you does not mean you do not have to use your authority. God is a God that will fight for you, that will never leave you. The angels are involved. But if you are not using your God-given authority, it limits the miracle. It limits what God can do. You know, you can see the children of Israel. They limited God. It said they limited the Holy One of Israel. So even the stuff that God wanted to do, a lot of things they didn't get to experience along, you know, even their time process. God had set up a short journey for them to get there. But to the flesh, it seemed like he brought us out here to kill us. It's a trick. But really, God had a plan. He had a judgment decree that my people will be free and they will get to the promised land. But because of their unbelief, they, they staggered. They made their process longer than it had to be. So we have to learn to use our authority. Everybody say, I have the authority from God to function in my kingship in the earth. Okay, now let's, let's keep doing it because we got to speak. You know, sometimes we can get quiet in this. Yeah. Okay, so let's say I have a voice and a name above all names that anything that opposes me has to bow. Okay, let's try it again. I have a voice. <laughs> that uh, anything and everything under my authority has to bow to. Amen. So you all have authority, okay? You know, because I've hear, you know, you hear a lot of people in the church that start to complain about their situation and everything. All along, they have authority. They have a voice. Your voice in the supernatural is powerful because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So because we're seated with him, when our voices spoke in the supernatural realm, it's not just our voice that's, that's speaking. It's the, the voice of God that's speaking when we attach it to his words and to what he's spoken for our generation. Amen. So everything that Madeline, you know, before me was talking about, you know, limbs growing out, people being raised to dead. God still wants to do that in this generation. But we have to stand up and use our authority. We have to put out what does not belong. We have to quit putting up with things with shame and guilt. God wants you to keep moving forward, but you have to use your authority. You have to speak. And forgiveness is so good because forgiveness is on your side. Forgiveness is under your authority. You know, I'll tell myself, um, this was this, this year. Um, and I was reading, yeah, I was trying to read my Bible. And usually when I read my Bible, like things come off the page. It's like a great time. 
Um, it just flows, and it's wonderful. You cry sometimes. Um, and so usually I have, you know, some you know, those experiences. But I started reading, and it was just dry. And I was like, this is weird. It's dry. And sometimes we do that to God. Um, and it's really on our side. We can come to spiritual things that really have the power of God. Exousia is here. We, you know, what God wants to do is amazing. Um, and there's a flow. There's a flow. There's rivers of living water. There's a flow. And it should be. But sometimes we're not using our authorities over our own flesh. And so um, I kind of pause. I'm like, this is weird. This is awkward. Um, nothing's, not, nothing's happening while I'm reading. You know, the Bible talks about what happens when you read the Bible. There's, there's promises with that. You can, you're cleansed by the word. Your faith comes. You're empowered. Um, and so I was reading the word, none of that, I didn't feel any of that. And so I just kind of got quiet and I was like, Father, what's, what's, what's the problem? And he was like, you are offended. <laughs> you have somebody you need to forgive. And so I was like, okay, who's the person? I know who the person was. Um, but so <laughs> then I, I, I just prayed right there. It was quick. Once you get corrected, don't buck at the correction. Just go with it because it's for you to move forward. And so I, you know, he, he's, after he told me that, I just quickly was like, Father, I forgive them. You know, I prayed for them. I thanked God for them. Like Pastor, Ms. Morgan was talking about, you know, how to get over those feelings. You start, you have to use your authority, your faith. Thank God for them. Pray for them. And so I started to do that, and then I just went on reading. And then the scriptures were just like, wow, this is amazing. And so a lot of things that are boring is not because of the minister. It's not me. If you're bored right now, it's not me. Okay? It's not me. Um, so a lot of things that really have power and life in them that should be empowering us, um, causing a fire to be stirred up, when we're not experiencing that, it's because there's something you need to do. There's something you need to use your authority over, whether it's your feelings, your emotions, whether it's a demonic presence, whether it's torment. Once again, I had to get over that too, where the devil, you, you know, the devil will lead you into things and then pick on you for doing it. Um, and then you forgive, you repent and all that, but then you're still left with those thoughts. You have to use your authority to get over that. You don't have to put up with the voice of the enemy. You don't have to put up with it. You don't have to put up with the lies. You don't have to put up with the torment, with the pressure. You have authority to use your voice to speak over it. Amen? Amen. And so let's move along. Let's go to Exodus 14. Exodus 14. Okay, Exodus 14, and this is the NLT version. It says, but Moses, so this is right here, is after the people, they got out of um, Egypt, type and shadow of the world. They got out of Egypt, um, and then they're moving towards their path into freedom in their miracle. Um, And before they, uh, on their way, basically, Pharaoh's heart got hardened, and he went to chase after, because first they were like, okay, you can go because of the firstborns got killed. But then his heart was hardened, and then he went after them. And was like, never mind, I don't want you guys to go. So he goes chases after them. And so they hear the chariots, they hear the hooves coming, they hear their enemies coming. It's a large number of them coming behind them. And these are men and women of different age. They don't have weapons with them. They're just slaves that got saved. They had finance. They were wealthy when they left. They had the money. Um, and they had God with them. But they didn't have weapons. And so you're hearing your enemy behind you with all these um, equipments, weapons, horses, and all that, they started freaking out and saying, you brought us here just to die in the ocean or whatever. And so uh, Exodus 14, verse 13, it says, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. 
The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And so right here we see God did not have everything to do with their, their, he had everything to do with it, but it was not all on his part for them to get through their miracle. So we can believe, God, you're doing miracles in my life, but when it's time for you to use your authority, you have to use it to get to the other side of your miracle. So right here, if Moses did not command, use his authority to command the people to move, and then also in his day, in his covenant, he used his staff. So if he did not do that to command the people to go to the other side, they would have stayed there and died. All along, God had a miraculous plan, already decreed, already made in judgment that was for them and their generation. But they did not, if they chose not to use their authority and move forward, they would be where they were. They would die and be stagnant, okay? And so we, y- y'all are getting the point? Yes, okay. So Acts 4.29. Oh, right, okay. Before, you know, because I think Madeline talked about that, about the process of your miracle. Because... The times before when I read this story, I thought like, oh, this happened, or watching the, the Prince of Egypt, I love the Prince of Egypt, but you can think like, oh, that happened like, just like that. That whole story was, went into the next day. That whole miracle process there went into the next day. It started at night, the enemies were behind them, the angel that was before them moved behind them to create a cloud. Angels are involved in your, your miracles. And so the angel went behind them to cause a cloud so they could not see. And then it said, then the next day. So I was like, oh, wow. This miracle was not just, this was a miracle they literally had to walk out. And it did not just happen in a moment. It was a plan they had to walk out. But all along, it doesn't no matter how long it took, they had the victory and the authority. So it doesn't matter how long your miracle takes, you have the victory and the authority. Their enemies were already defeated before they chose to pick up whatever weapons, useless weapons they had to chase them. They were already defeated. It was already declared and decreed that they would be free. And so this miracle was not something that just happened in a moment. Miracles can happen like that. But once again, there's a process. There's a background to your miracle. There's a supernatural background to your miracle. So you cannot focus on what things look like in the natural. You have to realize that your God is an awesome God, and there is no God like your God. Amen? So Acts 4.29, it says, and now, Lord, observe. Okay, so let me give you background for this. So right here, what's happening is the disciples, they did a miracle, and they got persecuted for it. So just to let you guys know, you've already been warned, you're going to get persecuted for your miracles. You can think everybody wants to hear miracles. They don't, um, but you still share them. They're, everybody's not going to be excited to hear a miracle or whatever. They'll try to talk you out of it. Like, really? You know, because I had that anyways. But they'll try to talk you out of or downplay what happened. Like, that's not really, you know, there's a reason why that happened for you, and it's not your God. They'll try to make you feel like that. And so they did miracles, and the people, really, the religious people got mad and arrested them. And the gr- cool thing about it is they had um, no power to keep them. And they were really afraid to keep them because of the other believers. So that's a hint there for your enemy. Your enemy is really afraid of you. Your enemy really can't hold you. You think you, you have to be held and bound, and he's got so much power. He has no power. He cannot hold you. He cannot keep you. You don't belong to him. And so you have to remember that in using your authority that the devil 
has no right to keep you and bind you. So they had no right to hold them, so they eventually had to let them go. But what they did instead, because they could not keep them, hurt them, and harm them, they said, we'll just threaten them, and it will put fear in them. And so in your miracle, you have to realize the devil cannot stop your miracle, but he can put fear in you about your miracle. The devil cannot stop God from moving in your life, but he can try to put fear in you and break the relationship between you and God by putting lies about your, your father in your relationship. That he's mad at you today. You know, whatever it is that you, we can pick up as, you know, young believers and just believe like God thinks it's about me or he doesn't or because this happened, he's not going to happen. He's not going to do it or whatever. That's all the devil has against you is to put you in fear about your miracle. And so this is what happened. Acts 29, I mean, Acts 429, it says, Now, Lord, observe their threats and grant to your bondservants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly. Verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to cure and perform signs and wonders through the authority and by the power of the name of your holy child, Jesus. You need your authority for your miracle. You need your authority to keep your miracle. Your authority has everything to do with staying and keep moving forward in your miracle. Amen. And so let me see if I want to read this. Okay, let's go to Daniel, Daniel 11. Daniel 11, this is the last verse. Daniel 11, 32 through 34. <laughs> Actually, Okay, Daniel eleven thirty two 32 through 34, and it says, this is the NIRV version. It says, he will pretend to praise those who have broken the covenant and lead them to do what is evil, but the people who know their God will firmly oppose him. And so right here, that's really cool because, ha, 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 social media. Um, it says that he'll pretend to praise them because we, nowadays, you do anything that the world likes, you get praises for it. And so you think I'm doing something. And then you think the church is not walking in love. No. <laughs> you are not walking in your relationship and your love walk towards God. And so you try to flip it and reverse it. These people accept it. They love it. They love me. And so then you try to flip it on the church because they're not praising your sin. The church is not meant to praise sin. The church is meant to destroy the works of the devil. So we are not to praise things that we see on social media, relationships. Oh, y'all so, no, that is from the enemy, okay? <laughs> you know, because I, yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy that people can try to praise things that they see, relationships, new, just crazy stuff, and act like it's okay in the name of love, and that's not love. The Bible says real friends, even if it hurts, will tell you the truth. But he said a fake friend will try to tell you, that's great. What you're doing is awesome. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. No. So you have to know, even in your miracles, you have to know the real, the real people in your life. It is not those that praise you, that leave comments on stuff that you know is wrong. But you know you got more worldly friends on your page than Christian friends, so you'll know you'll get more likes and comments. <laughs> so we have to realize that the devil will try to praise those that break their covenant. He said he'll pretend to praise them for breaking their covenant with God. But it says that last part, but those that know their God will oppose the enemy. They'll oppose the pressure. They'll oppose the attack because I know my God. And that's even what, you know, in Matthew where um, Peter, 
God asked Peter, who, who do men say that I am? And Peter responded who God was. You're the son of God. And he said, that was revealed unto you by God. Only God could have revealed that to you because that's a secret that belongs to him at, in that age. And then latter, because he knew who his God was and he knew who Jesus was, it was revealed unto him who he was. And then he started to tell him the authority attached to who he was. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And then he started talking about all the things that will follow those that believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's signs, there's wonders that follow those that believe because they know their God. We have to be a generation that knows God, not just his word, but knows him. Not just your favorite scripture on your screensaver, but know him. That knows what he wants, that knows what pleases him. Because going back to, you know, a lot of people wanting to please what's going on, you don't know your God if you, if you applaud things that hurt him, that hurt their relationship. You know, even in natural relationships, we know not to do that. You know, and it's not right, but this is just an example, because sometimes we have friends, if I don't like that person, you don't talk to them. And we do that. Like, okay, I don't want to offend you. <laughs> I won't go on your bad side, so I'll just keep it short with them, because you don't want to offend that relationship. But with God, there's things that he says. He says, if you are friends with the world, you are not friends with me. You're an enemy to me. And so God has letting us know we have to know him. We have to know his ways. We have to know his heart. We have to know what moves him, what pleases him. And quit just picking up anything that is popular and goes with the world. And let's read this in the last translation, EXB. It says, the king of the north, he will tell lies and cause those who have not obeyed God transgress the agreement covenant treaty to be ruined to become godless but those who know God and obey him will be strong and fight back and I want you to know every single person in here you have to learn how to fight you can think you don't you will have to learn how to fight for the relationships that belong in your life you're going to have to learn how to fight for the supernatural you're going to have to learn to fight for the miracles that belong in this generation you're going to have to learn to fight to stay in what God is doing. Because we can get into it. We've seen it past people got into things, but then they, they lost it and stepped out of it. You have to fight for what belongs to you. And not just, you know, once again, use your voice. Use your voice. And it's not just a, you know, who somebody read that. It's a, it's a quiet yes to God, but a loud no to the devil. You have to use your voice. You know, um, Miss Morgan talked about the karate. So I have been taking jujitsu classes, and it's just for workout, not to use it on anybody, okay? Because uh, people are like, oh, you're going to start competing? No. Y'all ain't going to catch me out there <laughs> on the mat. No. Uh, it's just for workout because it's just fun. It keeps my mind engaged. It's not boring. But anyways, um, one of the first classes we, we took, I took, um, what well, happened in both, but this was, it's jujitsu and Muay Thai kickboxing. And so I was in the kickboxing one, and we had to get a partner and go through the motions, like the punches, the combinations that they gave to us. And um, everybody was going around doing it. You could tell the people that were there for a while, um, and then the newbies. So he came, the, the instructor came over to us. He said, we are not playing pat a cake. Actually hit her. <laughs> well, he didn't tell me to hit her, but we had our mitts up. And you're supposed to be hitting the hands. And so I was just like, I'm just going to just go, with, go through the motions. Be nice to this girl. And so I got corrected on the force that I was using. And we have to realize we cannot use a light force or let up on the force with your authority. 
we are not playing patty cake <laughs> when we use our authority with the devil. You better put your foot down and use your authority in the voice that God has given you. Use the anointing that God has given you. Even, I don't care, in your room. Because once again, that, I thought that was just practice. But he wanted me to go full force. And so now, this time, this generation, it's time to go full force. It's not time to let up on the momentum. It's time to pull forth into what God has called. Amen? And in ending, I just wanted to read this because this was a prophecy. Uh, it's perfect. Um, and this was a prophecy that Dr. Jacobs gave to um, the youth at a youth camp. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read all of it, but this last part, I'm going to start here. It says, for my power, let me see where I want to start. It's all good. Um, well, let me, okay, I'm going to start at the beginning and then read the last part, okay? It says, there is coming and now a move of God in the earth, saith the Spirit of God. Be sure to identify with that. Be sure to walk in that. Be sure to learn your part of that and bring your supply, and I will meet you there. We'll walk together in the earth and do great things, saith the Spirit of God. There is a move of God on, and it's already begun. Contend for the supernatural. And then I'm going to skip on down. It says, for my power will work mightily in you through a clean vessel, through a holy vessel, through a vessel of honor that brings glory unto me, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Some of you have said that it's too hard to do that, but it's not, saith the Lord. I said my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just make sure, make the decision to follow me. Make the decision to stay with me. And if you make any mistakes, run back to me and say, Father, I'm sorry, and I will forgive you. And then pick right back up and move on. For there is a move of God in the earth, and it's gaining momentum. And with that demonic forces that try to come and hinder and abort the plan for your life, so be cautious how to walk on the earth, how you walk on the earth. Be wise as you walk on the earth and be careful as you walk on the earth and stay close to me. And together you will not have to deal with things. You will have to deal with some things, but the anointing will break things off of you and knock things out of your way. And I will put things in you even tonight and take things out of you even tonight. And if you will receive it, say the spirit of God, hallelujah. So everybody just say, everybody stand up. And so after the word I just read, in that last part, he told us to say we receive it. So right now, because you guys have already been prayed, you know, you've, I'm going to pray for you, but you all have um, already received so many impartations. But you're going to have to fight for the impartations you've got. You're going to have to fight for the calling, the prophecies, the friendships that God has given you. You're going to have to fight for those relationships. Because you know, the Bible, even just talking about relationships, the Bible says where there were close friends and their separation, there was a whisperer. The devil is going to try to whisper you out of your church. He's going to try to whisper you away from your pastors, your leaders. He's going to try to whisper you away from the friendships that are really enhancing your walk with God. And what I mean by fighting, when you're at home, you're hearing different voices, different torments, or you, you maybe did get offended, or maybe they did do something. When you're at home hearing those voices, you'll have to speak to that. You'll have to answer it and say, no, that's a divine relationship in my life, and I thank God for them. Start to declare who they are in your life. Remember why they're in your life. And that's fighting for the relationships that God has put in your life. We have to be a generation that knows how to fight back, not a touchy-feely offended generation. We'll get nowhere doing that. Nowhere. So we have to learn to stand up, use our authority, speak, fight back with your voice, not with thoughts. 
Not with thoughts. You can't fight. Dr. Jacobs has taught you cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. The only thing that destroys thoughts is the word of God in your voice, in your mouth speaking out. So we have to stand up, use our authority. It doesn't matter what you look like in the natural. You might feel like I'm unathletic. It doesn't matter. God wants you to stand up in your strength, your place of authority in the supernatural realm. If you could see what you look like in the spiritual realm, and if you could see what your enemy looks like in the supernatural realm, it would be a thing of nothing. You would be laughing the whole way. (laughs) You would be laughing the whole way. The Bible talks about that when we get to heaven and he shows (laughs) the enemy it says they will say, this was the one that stopped, hindered my miracle. This was the one that I let separate me from those that loved me. This was the one that I let break down my confidence in the things of God. So we have to learn to stand up and fight for what belongs for us, okay? Um, real quick, I'm, I want to pray first. I have something for everybody, but I want to pray for those um, that you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If there's anybody here that you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior because that's how we are seated in authority is through that relationship. So if you're not connected to the one that's given you your authority, I want you to come forth and receive your authority, receive your kingship. Man, I'll wait a little minute because I know sometimes that's scary. You can bring a friend with you, but if nobody's here that needs that, that's also great. But if there is, that's even better. Amen. So if you've never prayed, you know, because I've, I've talked with friends and they thought um, that was this year I had to tell somebody, um, they thought they were saved because they grew up in church. And I was like, wow, this is sad. We do have a, people that think because they have a pastor or because they go to church or because they sung in the choir, or they, they've done the actions and the movements. They thought they were going to heaven. And your actions... You know, God wants good actions from us, but that's not what saved you. That's not what delivered you. It's the power of God. It's the might of God. That's what delivers you. So if there's anybody that you've never prayed the prayer and confessed with your mouth, Lord, I want you. I want you to come up here. Okay, amen. Well, we're good. Okay. (laughs) Come forth. If there's anybody else, amen. And you know, this is a miracle right here because... It's a miracle that our names are written in heaven because you couldn't write your own name in heaven. Your mama couldn't write your name in heaven. Your pastor can't write your name in heaven. It's the relationship that writes your name in heaven. And God had to tell them that, that, you know, they were, they were amazed that they were casting out demons. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. So, duh, they're supposed to come out. They have to. Um, but he said the, the greatest thing, the thing that you should rejoice over is that your name is written in heaven because that's where you get your authority from. If your name is in heaven, you have authority. You have authority. And the Bible talks about how all of heaven rejoices when there's a new name written in heaven. It doesn't matter if it's one. He, they rejoice over names written in heaven. Amen. And so I'm going to pray for these and those in the, the you know, out Begin to just pray, lift out your hands for them. Amen. And I'm just going to pray for them and I'll I'll go to the next thing. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.